0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt, and with me via FaceTime on the Facebook Live is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today,
1: sir? I'm good. I'm hoping we're on Facebook Live because the video ended and then I didn't see it come back up, but uh, we might be okay. As long as you're positive it's on, I just don't see it.
0: All right, that sounds good. I feel good about it. We'll uh, we're gonna find okay, out here good. very shortly. Otherwise, we can uh, redo this thing. Anyway, so uh, before we get started with today, because we got a whole lot of baseball, because it's baseball season. So before we get into That's all correct. of our baseball
1: stuff, um, what do we got going on? Talk to us, Adam. We you know for we've been talking mostly coronavirus stuff for the last couple of weeks. Um, so we're actually kind of trying to get some uh, some sports working back in here. Um, and you're right, we do have some fun things we're going to do with baseball, but first um, I, I'm just I'm so excited about this weekend because on Sunday uh, April 19th the last dance premieres the documentary about the 98 Bulls um, that we've been waiting for for a long time and we we're so lucky that ESPN decided to finish it and move it up early because uh, it wasn't supposed to be out until June, uh, so we've got uh, this Sunday, I guess depending on, I shouldn't say that because it depend, you could be listening to this a year from now, but on uh, <laughs> on April 19th at nine o'clock, uh, the first two episodes, and that's another exciting thing about it is you get two episodes in a row. I'm guessing they're probably an hour each. Uh, so pot, we, we may get two hours of brand new footage of the 98 Bulls and behind the scenes stuff and all kinds of interviews with people from around the league and Oh man, I'm so excited about
0: that. Oh, dude, I'm telling you right now, The Last Dance is, this is going, We it's probably next week, our podcast is basically just going to be uh, the first episode of The Last Dance. How many weeks is it? Is it six weeks? Or 5 Is it five it's episodes or six five. episodes? Five. It, it's,
1: it's five, it's ten episodes, two each week for five weeks.
0: What's it on? ESPN. Oh, just regular ESPN, so I don't have to subscribe regular to any ESPN pluses or any of that stuff. No way, boy. That's nice. For everybody, all right, good. I'm super excited about that because that's going to be a blast. So before, so am I. go ahead. Go ahead.
1: You're, you're you're good. Go ahead.
0: Next week, I was going to get into the next topic. So if you're up, <laughs> yeah. If you too. Guys- Okay, so uh, NBA is the NBA. When it comes, there's nothing going on right now. The uh, Bulls, is, that, that Bulls last dance is going to be amazing. But there's one thing that did happen that we were kind of pumped up about, <laughs> slightly for, mm-hmm. uh, and we both uh, made a pick on the, on the tweet box. Uh, you took Trey Young. I took uh, Chris Paul in the NBA horse competition on ESPN, which was a total bust.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh universally felt that yeah. w- that it was not very good. Do you think they're going to do the second round? <laughs> yeah, I think they'll do the second round. Hopefully figure out some way to make it way better because the I think the biggest the biggest complaint was the quality. You know, yeah, I mean this is this is the NBA and this is ESPN teaming up with this thing and it's those are the, like two of the top, you know, it's like the top media uh, media outlet and the top league in the world and they, they've they got people and now look, it's not easy because they, they can't just send camera crews to these people's houses because you can't travel and you can't have a bunch of people around you know, and these athletes don't want a, a bunch of people coming into their house just to film this thing, so they are using tablets and phones and that kind of thing, so it's going to be a little primitive, but there were times where, I mean this is live, you know and there were times where it, it got pixelated or it cut out quickly or, right. or it, you know, it was behind and they were kind of talking over each other and stuff. Cause they, they were trying to catch up. And so that part was really strange. Uh, Mark Jones, I think did a good job of trying to keep it all together. He was like the host um, and he tried to get people talk. you know, he, he, did he would get them talking. He, he did his best. Um, he's, I think he's pretty good usually, but um, yeah, he, you know, he would ask a few questions about what's, you know, how they're dealing with the, Covid nineteen thing, or ask them about their careers, um, but and and it was funny because you know two people who are still currently playing in the NBA, like you said, you took one and I took one to win this whole thing, and yeah. they both got upset in the first <laughs> round. <laughs> so you have you is. have a uh, four current NBA players, uh, one current WNBA player, a, a former a retired WNBA player, and two retired nba players so paul i guess just to run out paul pierce was terrible he got skunked he missed uh, he a did, layup. he, <laughs> he did so i think he might have missed two actually <laughs> it was like a, um,
0: an underhand scoop shot layup that he missed it was
1: oh my yeah. god so bad the one the one that zach levine did i think he like uh I think he, like, touched the backboard with his left hand on the right side and went underneath with the right hand on the other yeah. side. And Paul Pierce, like, didn't even really get the shot off. No. He went up and tried to touch it and, like, just kind of, like, fumbled the ball or whatever, and that was a shot. I think Paul terrible. Pierce was drunk. He might have been a little drunk, and he he looks like he might be enjoying some uh, some extra ice cream these days because he's there's, retired.
0: But... Boy, there's no doubt about that. My man is definitely enjoying <laughs> ice cream right now.
1: Um, I, I mean, I'm not saying anything about that because I'm a I'm, I'm a man that um, over partakes in ice cream, but uh, but to go down really quick, Chauncey Billups was the one that beat Trey Young. I love Chauncey Billups, so I wasn't even that upset, even that though Trey dude, Young was my pick.
0: Chauncey Billups looks like looks like he could still play, and he hit yeah, he was hitting shots like they like he was still in the NBA.
1: Yeah. yeah. Top of the bank it in from the top from the from the three point line. And then top he was mad key, at himself and then
0: he was mad at himself for not call it for because he should have called no rim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bank yeah, no I, rim. I, I that's it. a that's a tough one right there. You get the bank no like rim. It. That's
1: tough. <laughs> that is really tough. Uh straight away. Um uh, but okay, so Chauncey beat him. Mike Mike Conley beat Tamika catchings. Uh Tamika didn't look great. I'll no. be honest with you. I hate to say that, but she didn't look great. She's she's been retired for five years, though. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, Zach Levine beat Paul Pierce. That was the one. H O R S E did nothing. Yeah. Uh, Paul was terrible. Ali Quigley beat Chris Paul. Um, and uh, so that was the first round. Uh, there were let's see. So I would say, mm, I would say two upsets, and they're the two upsets that for for your guy and my guy. Yeah. Exactly. So. So the semifinals are Chauncey Billups versus Mike Conley and Zach Levine versus Allie Quigley. Uh, now that airs on Thursday, April 16th at nine o'clock on ESPN or the ESPN app. And it's going to be live again. So we'll see. I mean, we'll see how it looks. We'll see if they figured something out. Maybe they can mail them some
0: cameras.
1: Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, but so so, let me get your picks then for this next round: Chauncey Billups or Mike
0: Conley? Oh, Chauncey Billups is my new guy. He's my new he's my yeah. new leader of the pack. That guy can't miss.
1: Okay, I'm taking Mike Conley in that one. Um, and you know what's funny? Speaking of Mike this, Mike Conley is had the best gym, decided- though.
0: Mike Conley had the best court.
1: Yeah, yes, he had he did, a full far,
0: indoor bro. court. Like that was the best court.
1: Yes, that was cool. Um, so he. So I'm taking Mike Conley. You're taking Chazzy Phillips, and that reminds me that we were going to when we decided who we were picking for the whole thing before this thing started. We were going to bet, and so that bet is gone now because both our guys stunk.
0: Yeah, I don't even so, uh, know. I feel like I feel like there's no winner in this. Uh, I'm glad we didn't think of something to bet because it wouldn't yeah. have been pretty.
1: Nah. Uh, okay, so then the other semifinal matchup is Zach Levine and Allie Quigley. Who you got in that one?
0: I'm gonna go with uh, see. I think Zach's gonna do some. I, I, Allie made every shot she took. Right? She it seemed like she was making just about everything. Um, mm-hmm. but Zach, I, I I don't think he's gonna. I think he'll take. I think he's gonna take it easy on her. Problem with her is she's just got like a like a thirty dollar basketball hoop that you can. Yeah. You know, you get from Walmart or whatever. So, I'm thinking. Yeah. Uh, I'm going with her. I'm, I'm,
1: taking the, I'm, taking, I'm taking Quiggs. You're taking Allie Quigley. That's interesting. So Zach Levine, to me, in the first round was the, looked the best. He looks like he's still in – and I'm sure he and Mike Conley are both – and Trey Young are, are all working out every day, shooting every day and stuff. Because, by the way, Trey Young's court was pretty disappointing too. Um, yeah,
0: you know that he's got ways to go, though. He's still on his rookie contract.
1: Yeah, but he's he's like one of the best guards in the NBA. He was like – he's like third in scoring and second in assists or first yeah. in assists. Yeah, and he probably like has that.
0: a gym down the road that he usually goes to all the time.
1: I'm sure he's got a place he goes to that he can work out on his own or with, with – I follow
0: him on Snapchat, and he's got like four dudes. He's in Norman, Oklahoma. He's got like four dudes he lives with out there, uh-huh. and uh, they play ball all day long, and they play NBA 2K every day. And you know that's he that's constantly the makes them do right. ten push-ups. They're always doing, he's always on Snapchat making his boys do ten push-ups. And they do the tough tricep so, push-ups.
1: Yeah. yeah. So how many push-ups does he do? Because he's the one that really needs them, right?
0: I guess I, they, he never shows himself doing the them. them. Yeah, he doesn't show himself doing them.
1: <laughs> I got you. All right, so then uh, so I'm taking Zach Levine. So we've got I've got Mike Conley, you have got Chauncey Billups, I have Zach Levine, you have Ali Quigley. Uh so let's let's just say who 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 do you think from this one. Well you said Chauncey Billups. You think Chauncey Billups is gonna win the rest of it?
0: I got Chauncey Billups all the way. I got him till the end.
1: Right. Well, I right. I think you. I'm going with Zach Ravine to win the whole thing now. I'm I'm going with Zach because he's the most athletic by far in this thing. And and I think you're right. I think he's gonna take it more easy on Allie Quigley than he did on Paul Pierce because he did say He's like, he, you know, he told Paul Pierce, "You got that, that uh, old man crafty game and stuff like that." So if you can use that, I'm going to use my athleticism, and he did. He 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 beat Paul with that with those fancy layups, the jelly layups. We'll do in air quotes. What what was that? What does that even mean? It's just a just a goofy layup where you do all kinds of crazy stuff. I. I I don't know why it's called that. It doesn't make sense to me. It just makes me want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So anyway. My favorite uh, though, Chris Paul,
0: Chris Paul was my favorite because Chris Paul was like doing the on one leg, turn behind your head. He was doing some fun stuff. Everybody else was doing, yeah. just doing a lot of jumpers and stuff like that.
1: Yep. Ali quickly did take it back to the old, uh, when they did it in the 70s and Pistol Pete, yes, uh, won, won that one. He did the sit-down shot where he yeah. sat on the ground and yeah. shot it. That, that 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 not Chris Paul
0: good. out, and Chris Paul's uh, son was giving him all kinds of crap for that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, okay, well, you know what? We talked a lot about that for something that's been stinking up the joint so far, so uh, we'll see what happens. I think just it's just ahead. the quality. I mean, it's pro- it
0: would probably be really good if the quality was better.
1: The quality was better, and they were a little bit more creative, honestly. I mean, there were a few pretty fun things, but honestly, overall, the creativity wasn't that good. No. You know? I don't know. Yeah,
0: I agree. I agree. Uh, so, from that uh, you know, smooth transition, mm-hmm. today uh, in Major League Baseball, today is Wednesday, uh, August, August, April. I don't even what is today, the 14th, 15th? 14th april 15th 15th. april 15th this would be jackie robinson day you'd see a whole lot of number 42s out there uh on the field and uh just kind of a a mlb network has been doing a pretty good job all day today putting a bunch of stuff up and uh, like you said i think you're currently watching one right now as we speak uh in the background yeah a a documentary on jackie robinson uh anything you want to throw out there for jackie robinson day
1: No, I mean, it was this day in 1947 that he broke the color barrier. I mean, he's obviously most famous for that. Uh, But, you know, maybe some young people that know that about him may not realize how good a player he actually was. He was the rookie of the year that year. Even though everybody hated his guts for no reason, just because they didn't want African-American ballplayers yet. Not everybody, but but a lot of the league and a lot of fans. Um, You know, he dealt with so much so much animosity from other players and fans. Mostly fans. I think a
0: lot of it, I don't want to say mostly, but I think a lot of it was fans uh, because I think a lot of the players really respected him because that dude was a legit athlete at UCLA. He was like a three, like, think about this. He was a three letter. uh, He he played three sport. a four sport athlete, sorry, a four sport athlete in college at at what at the time was one of the top five colleges in the nation. And he's a four sport athlete there. That is incredible. Absolutely. That is probably the most, that just tells you the kind of athlete and, and a big reason why he was probably the first one, because they, they just couldn't hold that guy back.
1: No. Yeah. He could hit, he could run, he could do everything on a baseball field. And, and it was because you're right. It was because he was, he was such a great athlete. I mean, he had the—I don't know if I want to say Bo Jackson, stuff, you know, type athleticism, but but yeah, he had that. I, that's, like, I think it's a good around, comparison. He had that all-around thing where he—he he had, you know, he was a strong kid. He was—he uh, was—he was super fast, and he could just hit. I mean, he—he he could just hit. So um, he—you know, it's hard to—it's hard to say how great a defensive player he was because he played a lot of first base and a lot of second base, and you know, you don't. You don't hear a lot about those aren't like the premier defensive positions. If he was a center fielder or something, you could you could talk about how great or not so great a, a defensive player he was. But yeah. um, he he was I don't I'm sure he wasn't bad enough because I've never heard anybody say anything like well he was great hitter and everything but he was a terrible fielder. I've never heard anybody say that. So the guy was um, such like a freak really athlete.
0: Hard. I'm sure he was great. I'm sure he was just yeah. as good fielding as he was anywhere else.
1: Right, and, and the way that he handled all the criticism and stuff. Now he you know. He was he got upset and he wasn't he, he was he was hurt by all the stuff that people were saying. But, you know, he, he was uh, he was chosen to be that first guy because um, he was he, he promised that he was going to be as stone faced as he could about it. And, and he was going to take it and not dish it back because that was so important. Because the, the, the minute that he showed any animosity back toward anybody, he was going to be ridiculed even more worse by everybody and he was gonna you know oh of course we we knew it all along he's not you know he's not ready they're not ready whatever the you know whatever that uh whatever it was gonna be was uh was gonna be worse because of because of that and he didn't he did a great job um you know for the most part of of keeping his cool and keeping his head on straight not not going after people uh, when he could have a million times because boy he was threatened and his oh, yeah. life was threatened his wife's life was threatened and they had to hide and he couldn't stay in the same hotels as his teammates or eat at the same places it was uh it was really really awful and he he uh he took it he took it and and, and kind of turned the other cheek a lot of times and and that was it and that was that's kind of the, a huge part of his legacy and uh and and that's why we have all the great players after him the hank aarons and the ken griffey juniors and the all-time greats yeah that who who knows what kind of opportunities they would have had or how differently you know baseball would have played out over the years if jackie robinson hadn't been that first guy and handled it like he did
0: that's exactly right um uh, uh i mean i i I mean, he he's got a day. He he he's the only baseball player that has his own day in in the league. So, I mean, I think
1: that yeah, that alone
0: speaks for itself.
1: Yeah, and, and shout out to Ken Griffey Jr. because I think he was the one who came up with the idea. He wore forty two. Yeah, yeah, to wear to wear forty two because yep. he was the first one to ask permission to do that. Yep. And then they got the idea. Oh, why don't we just have everybody do it? Which was which is awesome. It's one of my favorite traditions every year now in baseball. Yeah. Jackie Robinson Day, very cool. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's, it's, uh, if, if you haven't, if you're listening and, and you, you don't, you know the story about him, but you haven't really looked, go back and look at his numbers, go back and look at his numbers and, and, and go back and look at some old videos and, and see look, at how his numbers. Fast. Yeah,
0: look at his numbers and realize that he played like four or five years in the Negro leagues before he came to the major league, before he even, uh, before he even signed with Branch Rickey in the,
1: in the Dodgers. He was 28 years old when he made yeah. his debut yeah. in 1947. I mean, yeah. And he was he, – I'm sure he was good enough three, four, five years before that to be playing in Major League Baseball. Yeah. And that's that the only reason that he wasn't was because it took that long to build. You know, each step had to happen. And, and, you know, they had to prepare everybody basically for that. And he had to go through. They made him play in the minors. And he uh, played in Montreal in the minors. And he – in in one season, uh, helped them when he he led the he led the minor leagues in hitting with like at like three forty something or whatever, and they won the minor league World Series that year. And and it was like Branch Rickey almost didn't even have a choice. He's like, I, I gotta have this, I gotta have this guy. On he's the best guy in our he's the best, he's guy, our, he's the best guy in our
0: farm system. How can he not be on right. the field for me every day?
1: Yeah. So anyway, um just yeah, if you if you haven't if you haven't looked at that stuff, go back and watch one of these documentaries. There I'm sure that you can find them on YouTube and um look at some old numbers, look at some old videos, and uh just a just a cool thing, a, a great part of baseball history to know about.
0: Yep. Also, baseball history, uh Greg Maddox had a birthday the other day. Greg Maddox is probably one of my top three favorite pitchers of all time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's right there for me, too, I think. And one of, one of the coolest things about Greg Maddox, and I feel the same way about Tony Gwynn, too, is some of the stories you hear from, yes. from teammates and other players and managers and stuff that, that played against him or with him at those times um, are, are incredible. It's They're so fun. They're almost unbelievable. They Literally, are. That's exactly hard right. to believe. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> so, so uh, I, I, I grabbed a few stories that I thought were pretty cool, um, and I wanted to run them by you really fast. So in two thousand and three during the season, um, Maddox was was about to pitch against the Astros on a you know regular season game, and he uh, it was Richard Justice actually wrote this article uh, with these stories, and he he told a story where Jimmy Williams was the manager at the time for the Astros. And the Astros were taking batting practice before the game, you know, whatever, three hours before the game or whatever, the, you know, yeah. the Astros were taking batting practice. And, and Jimmy Williams, I think, saw Richard Justice and said, come over here. He said, look over in the uh, Braves' dugout and uh, tell me what you are. Actually, he might have been – he may have been with the uh, Cubs at that time. Anyway, he said, uh, look over in the, in, the, in the dugout and tell me what you see. And Greg Maddox was pitching that day, and he was watching batting practice in the dugout, the Astros' batting practice in the dugout <laughs> – to see who was hitting well that day, who was yep. feeling good, who looked comfortable, you do. I, I, you know, that might not sound like a huge deal, but I don't think that happens. And
0: what people are working people on, like that. if people are working on trying to go to ball, take the ball the other way, you know, throughout all the batting practice. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick him inside all day because that's what he's been working on. Obviously, he wants to go the other way. So, yeah, that's uh that that that's a good story. I've never heard that one. That's good. I like yeah. that.
1: And that goes along with the with the uh, the whole theme that he was so prepared. Right. He was so detailed and prepared all the time. That's that's part of what made him so great. He, so this, the next story, in the fact that he could
0: put a pitch anywhere, he could throw any pitch yeah. anywhere at any time.
1: Yes, yeah. Uh, so he had so Max played uh, twice for the Dodgers, once in 2006, once in 2008, and during one of those seasons, um, I think it was uh, one of those seasons. Anyway. The Dodgers transferred their pitching game charts to a database from, like, paper to into a computer system, right? So one day, Greg Maddox came into the front office, grabbed a front office executive, had a a, a huge printout of thousands of his pitches from the past. Like, they didn't just have them from when he was a Dodger. They had them from all of his career. Yeah, And he went down the list and found through thousands of pitches, said, hey, this down here, found a pitch – one pitch that he threw to Tony Gwynn from years before that, and said, "Hey, I don't think this is right. It says right here on this pitch at this and this at bat, I threw him a changeup. I'm pretty sure it was a fastball." <laughs> like he remembered every single pitch. He had like a Pete Rose memory. Okay. Pete Rose remembers every pitch he ever saw.
0: Yeah, that guy. Okay. And- now, 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 here's where here's where I I enjoy these kind of stories, right? Because this is where. This is where real fun stories and amazing stories could could turn into folklore, all right? So, yeah. so who's there to say that he was be I'm sure he was dead serious about it and I'm sure in his head he was laughing cuz he was a pretty funny guy and you know you hear all the time he was he was a uh, a jokester in the clubhouse and stuff like that. Who's to say yeah. old later on in his career he didn't go up to find somebody and he's irritated about the fact that they're moving things to some database and just <laughs> just try to be Greg Maddox. You know what I mean? Like, no, 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 no. I threw a fastball here. That's wrong. They got seven thousand pitches. Come on. That that <laughs> that makes me you're that, that that one makes me a little skeptical. A little skeptical. Okay. But I do like it. It's kinda of like Pete Rose, where he, you know, he's like, I oh, uh, eighty like in eighty-six, uh, uh, eighty six, eighty six. Uh, it was it was an O two count, and uh, he threw me a curveball, and it was whoever on April thirteenth. And
1: Pete, there's nobody going back to look that up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's it's one of my favorite things about Pete and about Greg Maddox because they do have memories like that. They do, and that's they do. part of what made them so great they because they they learn from every pitch and every at bat, and and they use that information because they somehow retained it, which is the opposite of me. If yeah, I, I'm if with I, you there.
0: We've talked about this before had, with golf and stuff. I, like, I got a buddy who knows every shot I've ever hit in golf, and I could. I play the same course <laughs> every week, and I don't even. I'm got to ask questions of where I'm hitting. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, but I so I, I really, you, you may be right. That is something that it sounds like somebody can make up to make it sound sensational. Um it, But it, you know, maybe but it's, it's Greg, a little stretch. of the But truth. it's Greg Maddox, and it goes down in folklore and. It's believable, I, and I want to believe believable. it's true. <laughs> uh, so another one, he was—he's uh, forty-two years old. He's pitching with the Dodgers in 'O eight. It's—it's it's the end of the regular season, coming down in the last week or so, and the Dodgers are kind of reshuffling their—they're um, going to be in the playoffs. They're reshuffling their rotation, and they're kind of getting ready. Um, I don't know that—that uh, that Maddox either. Maddox wasn't going to be part of that rotation in the postseason, or um, he was they, basically they shut him down when he would have had one more chance, one more turn in the rotation because they were shuffling things around. He, he they shut him down for the rest of the season, right? So he came in um, and, and he, I guess he was okay at it, with it at first, but then he went to um, the pitching coach and to Rick Honeycutt at the time and said, "Can I pitch one more time? I just want one more start." And this was going to be his last year. this was going to be it for him? And uh, so they let him pitch. And in the the coaches' meeting after that, they said, one of the coaches came in and said, I think I figured out why he wants to pitch one more time because he didn't say specifically. He said, take a look at the all-time wins list. So at that time, Maddox and Roger Clemens were tied at 354 wins. (laughs) They let Greg Maddox pitch in the second-to-last game of the regular season. And he held the Giants to one run in six innings and got number three fifty five and passed Roger Clemens. How
0: about that? How about I believe Pretty that? Cool. I, I mean, those guys are so competitive. I can believe something like that. I believe yep.
1: that. I'll tell yeah. you
0: one. I'll tell you one. I got. I'll tell you. I've already told yeah. the David Justice one, and and maybe I'll do that at the end. But there's another one. I was my watching. favorite one. Though. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell that at the end. So there, there's another one that I like. So. Um, MLB Network does these videos where they get and I don't, maybe it wasn't MLB Network because there's one with Carl Malone too and Anthony Davis, uh, but anyway, so Greg Maddox dresses up like he's um, uh, getting a field ready. Okay, so they're they're at a they're at a, a minor league park. They're shooting a commercial for MLB The Show or something like that with Chris Bryant a couple years back when he was on the cover of the game, and they're shooting a promo for it. And Greg Maddox dresses up and he's you know he's kind of got a gut you know, on they, they give him a gut and he's got a beard and all this other stuff and he's he's getting the field ready and he keeps telling stories, keeps talking in this like hillbilly accent. And Chris Bryant keeps is like, dude, somebody get this guy away from me. Like this he's so annoying. And he keeps going, <laughs> Hey, I gotta get this field ready for they they got a game tomorrow. I got you guys done yet and he keeps yelling and screaming at him and they're like, Well we're just waiting on this batting practice pitcher to to get here so Chris can can uh, hit some balls and, and uh, see what he can do, you know, so we can we can record these promos. And, that you know, the pitcher never shows up, obviously. So, Matt, Maddox is like, oh, I, if you need, I can do it. I used to throw a little bit. So, they're like, man, we got nobody else. Chris, do you mind? And Chris Bryant's like, no, I don't want this rum-dum throwing baseballs at me. And yeah. uh, finally, they're like, well, he's all we got. So, we either do it or we don't. And uh, so Chris is like, all right. And then he starts throwing pitches, and he hits one. And then uh, he goes, you want me to put a little mustard on it? And he goes, just a little bit. And he throws a little harder. And he starts throwing curveballs and sinkers, and he's (laughs) throwing pitches. And he, like Chris Bryant, starts chuckling. He's like, man – this boy's got some movement, man. This is good. He's like swinging and missing at batting practice pitches. Oh, it's so funny! And then all of a sudden, he takes his beard off, and it's Greg Maddox and Chris Bryant's cracking up. It was fun because Greg Maddox had been retired for a few years already, and he was he already retired at like the age of forty-three or something like that. So it was kind of cool. It was that I enjoyed that. that was, Greg Maddox can still can still make that thing move a little bit at the age of fifty.
1: That's funny. Yeah. I I forgot about that until you started about halfway through that story. And then I, I kind of remember seeing that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's That's so funny, and, and yeah, there are some, uh, there are some, some, uh, stories about how he, how much of a practical joker he was and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so, so another, another quick one is, um, uh, he, it's not clear whether it was the Braves or the Cubs at the time, but, um, he watched a couple of infielder Jose Hernandez's swings Mm -hmm. uh, during a game and then noticed that he made an adjustment in his stance, right, during an at-bat. And then he said to to somebody sitting next to him in the dugout, we might have to call an ambulance for the first base coach. On the next pitch, Jose Hernandez ripped a foul ball that hit Dodgers' first base coach, John (laughs) Shelby, in the chest. (laughs) Oh, no. and then, kind of a follow-up thing to that same story, John Smoltz said um, that in one season, four times Greg Maddox was sitting with him, and he said four to- four different times that the-, the hitter that was on that was hitting right then was going to hit a ball in the dugout at them. Three of the four times he said that in the same year, it happened. That's insane. In that That's incredible. Yeah. I'm
0: telling you, the dude was. There the, are the, baseball minds. There are people that just have a different kind of mind. Their mind works a different way. Bill Gates, um, uh, 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 the guy from Apple, Steve Jobs, uh, Albert mm-hmm. Einstein, Tony Gwynn, Ted Williams, Greg Maddox, Joey Votto. There are certain people, their minds just work differently. And yeah. I am enthralled with those kind of people because my yes. mind works nothing like that. I wish it did. I want it to. Yeah. I don't know how to train it to do that. I think you just gotta be lucky and you know just be that guy. But that I, yeah. I I that's unbelievable to me how people can do stuff like that. But the 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 one story that that I'll tell it real quick the David Justice story. Mm-hmm. So listening to David Justice is years and years ago, and he's telling a story about Greg Maddox. He's playing left field. Uh, it was either left. Left or right, I guess he was in left. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He was in the outfield and um Maddox comes up to him in the dugout and says, Listen, when so and so comes up the bat on the third pitch or the second pitch or whatever, he said, Take about eight steps back, put your heels on the warning track. And it's coming right to you. And Justice is like, Yeah, okay, what yeah, this guy's a this guy's a nut. So David Justice doesn't move. He you know kind of plays his normal spot in uh second pitch to whoever the guy was. I can't remember who it was. Maddox throws it to him. Justice is uh casually creeps back, catches the ball, looks down and his heels are on the warning track. And yes. I oh. it's the greatest. That is my favorite like he th- to be that good, to be able to know the pitch you're going to throw and what the guy is going to do with it. Is insane. That's
1: insane. That's a perfect, perfect, perfect segue to my very last story here. Bobby Cox one one day comes out while Maddox is pitching, comes out to suggest that he intentionally walk the next guy, and he wants to talk to him about it. So Greg Maddox tells him the next three pitches he's going to throw, and then says, and on the last one, I'm going to get him to pop. Pop up foul to third base on the fourth pitch. Popped up foul to third base. Insane! That's
0: incredible. Is that awesome? I love. That's insane. That's almost as cool as as the stat we just heard about Joey Votto the other day, who's had like seven thousand plate appearances in his career and has flat sorry popped out in the infield once ever ever. I'm not yeah. not last year. Once last year. Once ever. I remember that one point in time there was a stat where he hadn't popped out in the infield. He hadn't popped out to an infielder at all for like five or for like five years or something. And when it happened, it was a big deal in Cincinnati. They wrote an article about it when he finally popped up yeah. to an infielder. But even more incredible than that, because he fouls pitches off like it's his job. He's like Pete Rose. He just fouls them. Fouls. Fouls pitches off like it's his job. He's only popped out foul.
1: One time, ever. Yeah, I I feel like it was just this past year, or maybe the year before. That, I feel it, like it was pretty recent. Yeah, he had a ton of at bats and a ton of plate appearances and pitches that he saw before that happened. I mean, it was yeah. That's that's a spectacular. That's a wizard that's a spectacular. With that. that's, bat.
0: that's Tony Gwynn esque. That's Pete Rose esque. That's Ted Williams esque. That's a wizard with the bat. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. That's what I dream. That's what I dream. My life would have been Joey (laughs) Votto. So talking
1: about, yeah, talking about some of these all time greats that you just mentioned. um, So major league baseball has MLB.com. I guess has um, asked the, asked their writers from each market for the last, I think it's, I think there's maybe just one a week coming out. Um, So there, and there are four so far that they're asking each, Writer in that market to, um, they're choosing a position and saying, okay, choose your top five of all time on your, your team, all time at that position, right? What a, what a, great, uh, what a, what a great way to describe this thing. So, so, anyway, so, so um, if, I'm, if
0: I'm understanding this correctly, Major League Baseball asked the beat writers for each team to come up with a top five positional uh, order of players from right. each individual team.
1: Right. So they did that. And so far we have catchers, first baseman, second baseman, and third baseman. Now you are our resident baseball genius here. So well, uh, I, I the mind's this, gone a long we've way. Done, we've done this a couple, we've done this a couple times and I love it. I have no idea. It might be terrible to listen to, but I love it because I, I love uh, your your knowledge uh, about baseball history. So I, uh, I love the text I, that I, I, I get from my
0: this. dad as he's listening to it. And I'm thinking of somebody <laughs> yeah. and it's on the tip of my tongue and I can't get it off and I get it wrong. And my dad sending me text messages <laughs> with the guy's name in the middle of the day. <laughs> like I'm supposed to know what that well, is.
1: Let's be honest. He's really the guy we should probably he is, have He is. Without a doubt. With without a doubt. No baseball doubt. History. You kidding me? So, but anyway, <laughs> you uh you grew up in the same house with him talking baseball every day so you uh, a lot of that is rubbed off on you so I'm gonna say you choose the position and we'll go and see how many of the 30 teams at whatever position you choose you can name the top player at that position
0: ah man I'll tell you what there's a lot of teams I don't, I don't I, you know what man you you choose the position'm I'm, I'm not doing it I don't care I don't care what position I'm ready to go I,
1: I feel like maybe I kind of feel like first base might be one of the easier ones. All I could right. be wrong about that, but let's I feel like I feel like maybe we start with that one.
0: Okay, best first so, basemans from each thirty from all thirty teams. Um, let's uh, so we're I'm trying to guess the number one right. who they rank number one,
1: just number one. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So let's start with the American League East, Toronto Blue Jays. This guy uh, played first base, Carlos from Delgado, three to two thousand four.
0: What's that? Carlos Delgado. Oh, look at
1: that. That was all easy. All right, Baltimore Orioles. Uh, One of the ba- great switch hitters of all time. Baltimore Orioles.
0: Um, uh, man, as soon as I think of Baltimore Orioles, I automatically go to the other side of the diamond. Like, my head can't get off of Brooks Robinson yeah. and Cal Ripken Jr. But uh, at first, And then you say best switch hitters of all time, and then my mind goes to – uh, so is it Harold Baines? No. Eddie this Murray. guy played
1: uh, from 77 to 88, and then one more year for the Orioles in 96. Eddie Murray. didn't realize he was around now. Yeah, correct. Right. Eddie Murray. Harold uh, Baines okay. was a DH, by the way. I don't know why I would have said him at first base. He was a DH. You're right. He probably played a little first. Um, all right. Tampa Bay Rays. So he played first base from 07 to 2010, and then one more year in 2012. He Tampa is now Bay. a he is now an analyst on MLB Network.
0: I don't I I, I couldn't tell you the Tampa Bay. Yeah. I couldn't tell you Tampa Bay. I have zero yeah, Carlo, idea.
1: Carlos Pena.
0: Yeah, I, I would have never got that. Now, I like him on MLB one, Network. He's fun.
1: Yeah, so, Slick so this hair one too. Yeah, he does. He does <laughs> have good hair. Uh, <laughs> the Boston Red Sox. So this guy played from thirty six nineteen thirty six to nineteen forty two. But you still might get him. I mean, it's a long—that's a long time ago. I'm, I, I struggle with guys that long ago, unless they're like super big names. But this guy is a pretty big name. Um, let's see. He he had fifty homers in nineteen thirty-eight. Like you would, like that would help. Uh, fifty home see. runs
0: in thirty-eight. So that's a, that's a lot of home runs. A,
1: a ton. Yeah, and that that stood that record stood until David Ortiz uh, broke that in two thousand six. Let's see. Um, okay, this might give it away, but. It says, don't forget that Boston got Double X, one of the all-time sluggers in history in a trade with Philadelphia Athletics that amounted to a steal in hindsight. So Double X uh, is the nickname.
0: I don't know. Jimmy Fox.
1: Oh. Jimmy Fox. <laughs> that's, you know what? He's an all-time great, but that's still pretty tough one. Jimmy this Fox, one is, though, Jimmy is, Fox is, is,
0: literally is one of the – he's probably one of the fiftieth 50 greatest baseball players in history.
1: Yeah. Uh, and this next guy is without question, one of the 50 greatest. And he's from right around that same area. He played first base for the Yankees from 23 to my all time
0: favorite player. He's my all time favorite player. Lou Gehrig.
1: Yep. Uh, and not, not because okay. I saw him
0: just because I love, I, I, I he, th- he, he's a, he's a different cat and I enjoy everything about Lou Gehrig. Okay. Next.
1: He's without, without question, my favorite Yankee ever. Definitely. Uh, American League Central, uh, uh, the Cleveland Indians played first base from 91 to 2002. And then again, one more year in 11, I think, probably to retire as an Indian. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, big home run hitter. Oh, Jim Tomey. Yep. Uh, Kansas City Royals, 95 to 2007, he played for, uh, first base.
0: Man, that's a, that's a, that's a long time.
1: That is a long time.
0: 12 years at first, 2007. So that would have been – he would have been there when they won uh, one of their – when they made it to the World Series. Um, 95 to 2007. Boy. As soon as I hear who this is, I'm going to be so mad. Give it to me.
1: Started out as a catcher but ended up being a first baseman. And John for a lot Uh No.
0: Oh, wait. John Ollerud okay. was – that was uh, Toronto, that was wasn't it? He was Toronto. Yeah. Okay. So this is Mike Sweeney.
1: Oh, Mike Mike Sweeney. Sweeney.
0: Man, that dude was underrated good for a long time. Yeah, He was really good.
1: Yeah, very good hitter. Um, Okay, Detroit Tigers. So this guy, uh, another another all-time great, really. uh, Played in 1930, and then from 33 to 41, and then again 45 to 46 for the Tigers at first base. Um, Had a had an OPS over 1,000 for his career as a Tiger. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, let's see.
0: This is another guy where as soon as you say his name, I'm going to be like, "That's I should have known that. Yep. Um, uh,
1: sir, sir, uh, sacrificed, like Ted Williams, sacrificed four of his prime seasons to serve in World War II. So as good as this guy was, could have been – Maybe Al- the all-time this is going to be.
0: I don't know where Al Kaline played. Where did Al, Al Kaline play for? I don't even know position. He must have been in was, the outfield. And he played later Kaline. on. Anyway, this is he played later on.
1: So I, I think he's. I think he was the all-time RBI leader. It doesn't say that here, but I want to say he was the all-time RBI leader for a long time. Hack Wilson, this I think, Hack- that, Okay, maybe maybe that's who I'm thinking of. This is Hank Greenberg. Oh, Greenberg. Greenberg.
0: Yes, he did radio for them forever, too, for the, for the uh, Tigers. He did radio for the Tigers for a long time. Up until he died. Um,
1: yeah, and I want to say this next guy, so the first baseman for the Minnesota Twins, may have also done radio for a long time for them, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so he was the first Twins player inducted in the Baseball Hall of Fame. He played first base for them from 61 to 74, Minnesota Twins.
0: Well, that's not correct because the f- best first baseman they've had, well, I guess they probably consider Maurer a catcher, don't they? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, okay. Um, first baseman. 74. Man, gosh, buddy. These are some old cats. I should know some of these <laughs> guys. Um, uh,
1: 74. I, 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 you got me. Uh, nickname was Killer. Killer. Apparently, I don't even think I knew that, and that's like part of his last name. I have no idea. It's Harmon Killebrew. <sighs> Harmon Killebrew. <sighs> that's this terrible. This next one you're gonna Gosh, get easy, man. This this is a this is a recovery one. You're gonna get this one easy. Chicago White Sox played first base from '90 to 2005.
0: Ah, uh, it's Mark Grace.
1: 1990. 1990- White Sox. No. Oh,
0: White Sox. Sorry, Frank Thomas. I thought he, I, just I just heard Chicago. Yes. I just heard. I heard. In my yeah, head, yeah, yeah. I was thinking Chicago. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Sorry, Frank Thomas. Big hurt.
1: You got, it. you got it, Frank Thomas. All right, on to the AL West, uh, Anaheim, uh, California Angels of Anaheim.
0: Yes, I love it. <laughs> but
1: played uh, first base from <laughs> seventy nine to eighty five for them.
0: That is such a terrible time frame for me. So for six years. In Anaheim, this dude played first base. Uh, and was a
1: six-time All-Star during that time.
0: Wow. Okay, okay, okay. We can figure this one out.
1: Uh, played. I'll, I'll tell you this. His best years were as a Minnesota twin, but he played six, six, seven years for the Angels at first base.
0: That doesn't help me at all. I don't
1: know if that helps. <laughs>
0: that doesn't help me at all. Give it to me.
1: 79 to 85. Give it to Rod me. Carew. Oh. Rod
0: Carew. Rod was Carew was a first baseman. See, I didn't. Even, I would have never thought that. I thought Rod Carew played third base. I don't know why I thought that. Man. Uh, right. Do, Definitely more more famous as a twin than as an angel. Yeah. Yep.
1: Right. Uh, so this next one will be another recovery one. The Houston Astros from 91 Bagwell. to 2005. This man, yes, Jeff Bagwell is correct. The Oakland Athletics, 1925 to 1935. bologna sandwich. How
0: can they not put – they're not putting Mark McGuire on there?
1: Not Mark McGuire.
0: That's terrible. How can um, you not – Mark McGuire was unbelievable in Oakland when he was there.
1: He was. Uh, this this gentleman, though, is one of ten players to win a triple crown. Um. <laughs> He uh, he was he came up as a catcher, but then they moved him to first base. In the twenties, one of the best, one of the best hitters in in history, and we have already had him as a an answer for another team.
0: Oh, that doesn't help me. Um, <laughs> <'cause> I, don't, <laughs> uh, I don't Hank Greenberg.
1: Uh, nope.
0: It is Jimmy Fox. ah oh, Jimmy Fox. Jimmy All right. Fox was Good the you, greatest Jimmy.
1: first baseman. The red Sox have ever had. And the
0: athletics, I'm telling you, Jimmy Fox was one. I said it before, when we said it before, he's one of the greatest baseball player, best baseball players to ever live. If you go back That's into right. that, those twenties that the, into the twenties and look at statistics, you had Babe Ruth and you had Jimmy Fox and those two until, till later on, you know, um,
1: until yeah, later yeah, on in
0: in the right. career when those yeah when Garrett comes in and stuff like that and other people started coming in uh, those two basically were the American League
1: yeah okay on to the uh on to the Mariners this is gonna be kind of a tough one when I when I hey there's a John Oliverroo
0: this one could be John Oliver he he had a little stint with the Mariners with the helmet I used to love John Oliverroo because he wore a helmet at first base
1: yeah right No, but this guy played probably right before Olerud went there, maybe a few years. Maybe he he was gone a few years after. um, Actually, yeah, it says John Olerud was was a close second to this gentleman who played from 84 to 91 at first base for the Mariners. When I think of this guy, we talked about, uh, you know, we we got to know a lot of players when we were kids because of baseball cards, because of collecting baseball cards. So when I think of this guy – I think of a baseball card, and I think of him having a very prominent mustache. That's not going to help you. But uh, first baseman for the Mariners in the 80s. First baseman. Initials are AD. What's that? Initials are AD.
0: Anthony Davis.
1: Very, very, very close, actually. <laughs> what is it? You got the last name correct. Oh, it is Davis. So okay. Of that.
0: I don't know who it is. Alvin Davis. Would have never got that, never heard of the guy, no idea. How is he better than John Allerud? I don't know. Or wait a minute. Yeah. Well, I guess Edgar once again, Edgar Martinez, DH, he's not going to be cons- – I mean, he played a little bit of first, but not right. enough to be there.
1: Okay. All right, next. Yep. Uh, okay, the uh, Rangers, Texas Rangers. This is going to be – see, this is going to be a tough one because when I think of this guy, I think of him with another
0: team. Well, tell me what I team you I think of think this of guy –
1: I think of this guy with the San Francisco Giants. But from ninety-four to ninety eight, he was the first baseman for the Rangers.
0: Man, I'm gonna be so mad because I feel like I should this is, should be an easy one.
1: This is a guy you definitely know. It's just tough to think about him with the Rangers, that's all.
0: Um I'm trying now, I'm trying. Oh. Will Clark?
1: Yes. Very good. The San Francisco very, very gave good. it to me,
0: man. San Francisco, the San Francisco gave it to me.
1: Still. That's tough. So it was between him and Rafael Palmero there. Um, Ooh, that's okay. tough. How's
0: Palmero not get that? Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, on to the National League. So the National League East, the Atlanta Braves from 2010 to currently.
0: Oh, Freddie Freeman is the first. Hit. Freddie <laughs> yeah. Freeman, I love that guy too. He's what? another really, just a pure hitter, man. That guy is just Death? Yeah. He he, breath, he 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 exudes hitting
1: easily one of my favorite players in the game right now for yeah. sure uh the Marlins so not a long history with the Marlins but he played first base from 93 to 97 and then they won the World Series in 97 he left came back in 2003 and they won another World Series when he came back so he was there for both of their World Series and he was he was gone in between those times. All right, so I'm going to say um, a name, and
0: I don't know if this guy played first base or not, uh, but I always mm-hmm. loved him, Jeff Conine.
1: Yeah. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, baby, bring it to him. Let's went go. On to, went on to play a, Went on to play like a season with the Reds. Right, a season yep. or two with the Reds. Isn't he at the end of his career? Uh, okay, the New York Mets. Probably the greatest defensive first baseman ever.
0: Yeah, uh, Seinfeld. Um, he's yeah. the head these episodes on Seinfeld. Come on, uh, he, yeah. he's with they, uh, Walt Frazier on the Just for Men right. commercials. Hernandez, Keith Hernandez.
1: Man, exactly. Woo,
0: that would have been bad. If I, <laughs> I knew that one. I
1: wasn't going to let you tell me until I figured, until I talked it out. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I, I can't see his. I can't hear his name without thinking about it in George Costanza's accent. Yes. Keith one- Hernandez. Hernandez. <laughs> Keith Hernandez. <Okay. laughs> oh, man. Okay. So the Nationals slash Expos here. Another guy that I loved Ooh. in the 90s. Okay. Um, he, he ended up playing and was really good for the Braves for a while after he left the Expos. So, But from 85 to 91, he played with the Expos. Oh,
0: man, this is he my a, period of time, too. Yeah, has a pretty famous uh,
1: nickname. If I if I tell you that, that just gives it away. Oh, I know but, it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. You do have it. I can tell. The big cat, Andres yep. Galarraga. Yes, sir. Yeah,
0: baby. Ah, All yes, right. big Andres Galarraga fan. That guy was a monster. He could have been in the WWE. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was a
1: giant. Uh, okay, so Philadelphia Phillies. From 2004 to 2016, this guy was a the staple
0: there. Oh yeah, uh, without a doubt. Um, him and Jimmy Rollins over at short. Uh, hold on mm-hmm. a second. Once again, uh, he was a baby face, and he went down the tubes. Like all of a sudden, became the worst hitter yeah. in baseball. Um, oh my gosh! Come on. Uh, you won an MVP. 2006 NL MVP. I just yeah, like I say, you won an MVP. Um, oh my gosh. Oh, I know. I know who it is. It's not fair because I know exactly who it is. Give me his initials. I know you know. Come on, R H. Oh God, who R H? Uh, Howard, Ryan Howard. Jeez, Pete's.
1: Yes, <laughs> man, that, that, those that, are the frustrating
0: ones. Uh, yeah. Everybody listening right. to this is going Ryan Howard. What's wrong with you? It's Ryan Howard, Chris, Ryan Howard, Ryan <laughs> Howard, Ryan Howard. They're yelling at their. They're yelling at their. Their device at this moment in time.
1: I'd be doing the same thing you'd be doing because that happens to me constantly. Yes. All right. On to the onto, the, onto our, you know what? I'm going to leave this. I'm going to leave the NL central for last. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go on to the NL West and go to the diamondbacks from 2011 to 2018. He is oh, with yeah. a different club that, now. Yeah, that's easy. He's but, with
0: the, uh, he's with uh, St. Louis now. Um, yep. He's with St. Louis now. And I'm going to do it again. He's him and Joey Votto always go back and forth for making the up yep. for making the all-star game at first base and once again I'm i'm drawing a blank i just told well, you exactly his, who it was
1: you know who it is i know you know who it is part of his last name is my last name um uh,
0: uh paul goldschmidt thank you i appreciate yep. that paul goldschmidt
1: uh, you got it now this is good this is going to be tough I, at least this would be really tough for me the dodgers the los angeles dodgers I'm going. You know, uh, I'm going. uh,
0: Carlos Delgado. No. Okay, give me some years. This guy. Give me years. This
1: guy played in from in 1943 and then again from 47 to 61. This guy was uh. Forty-seven. The first baseman for the Dodgers. Jesus Christ! Forty-seven to
0: sixty-one. Do you know how long that is? That's, 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 that's a long time. That's a very long that's, time. It's
1: 15 years. 15 years.
0: I'm going to know his name because that's you way too long to play for uh, for the Dodgers and not know who it
1: is. It, it Surprisingly, this says that uh, very likely the best eligible player not in the Hall of Fame. It's interesting. He's not even in the Hall of Fame, but he's the greatest first baseman in Dodgers history, according to their beat writer.
0: Give it to me. Gil Hodges. That's a good – yep. Gil on. On. Yep. I would have never got that. I mean, I know who he is, but I would have never got – I would have never got uh, – you could have gave me 100, 100 things. I would have never guessed that. <laughs> I'm, I'm the same. All right. All right. So
1: the San Francisco Giants, this guy played first base from 59 to 73. Oh, it's Clark, and then huh? again from – Nope, and then again from 77 to 80.
0: See here. Um. Hmm, Eddie Murray was there for a little bit, but not that long.
1: Uh, um. Part of their current ballpark is named after him. William McCovey. Yes.
0: I feel so terrible that I didn't know that. My dad. Once again, my dad's <laughs> listening to this and he's screaming. McCovey he's screaming it well, as loud was, as he can. He's a, he, he was
1: probably like a a teenager in love with baseball at this yeah, time. You got a, He,
0: he has a picture of uh himself uh in front of the Willie McCovey statue in McCovey Cove.
1: Ah. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. All right, so the San Diego Padres, uh he played first base from 06 to 2010.
0: 06 to 2010. All right, that's a it's a 4 four short years at first base for the San Diego Padres. Um, and he – I think he won – Gonzalez. I think he won a few goals. Alex loves. Gonzalez? Or, yes. Uh What's his name? Uh, uh, give me his first name. Adrian. Adrian Gonzalez.
1: Yep. And then went on to play for a while with uh, the Dodgers. Yep. All right. Uh, a guy that uh, I, was, I was really pushing for. To uh, be inducted into the Hall of Fame this past year or this year, I guess, um, didn't uh, didn't get it because it was uh, his teammate, I believe, that did get in. Uh, but the Colorado Rockies from '97 to 2013. Oh, first see, I disagree
0: because I feel like Andres Galarraga could be uh, could could have this one too. Galarraga had about four years yeah. with the, with the Rockies. Um, he could. Let's see. So you had Bichette out there, and you had. Uh, um, uh, little Mexican guy, uh, uh, Vinny, Vinny Castilla. No, he's a third base. I thought he was a third base. Yeah, he played yeah. third. You're right. Um, uh, first base. No. Oh, Todd I mean, Helton. Todd Helton. Oh my yeah. gosh. There you go. Once again, go. The most, one of the most pure hitters of his day. Oh, that dude can rake. Him and him and <laughs> Edgar Martinez. I feel like just we're 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 always battling for a. Uh, they they were always the top of their leagues in batting average every year.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, eight. so last last but most, the NL Central. Let's do it. All right. So, okay. So the Brewers from seventy seven to eighty seven. Uh, uh, uh. This young man played uh, first base for the Brewers. Uh, fourth uh let's see now let's see hit 302 over 11 seasons for them five-time oh. all-star two-time gold glove winner you got me uh, fourth in club history and runs hits extra base hits total bases cecil cooper no chance i would have guessed that st louis cardinals this is going to be the easiest one hopefully albert pool's yes sir
0: uh the
1: cubs man boy
0: okay give me the 2000s. years because because mark grace yeah. would automatically pop into your head right, right. uh but you just said started uh, in 2000 it's so it's not mark grace give me the but years 2012,
1: 2012 this is going to give it away but 2012 uh, to Rizzo. Right now, rizzo They yep. put rizzo Anthony above rizzo. mark grace it's
0: ridiculous. that's ridiculous right. yes. cubs fans are so stupid let me. Let Cubs me. Writers, quickly, Cubs beat writers are even worse than Cubs fans now.
1: So they had Rizzo one, Mark Grace two. Yeah. Cap Anson, Frank Chance, and Phil Cavarretta. Cap Anson. Are top Cap five.
0: Anson should be above Rizzo, not because I don't like Rizzo, just because he's his numbers aren't there to put him in that position in that <clears> spot. It, Cap Anson may sh- might even have had a better career than than Mark Grace. Mark Grace,
1: yeah, it's ridiculous. Anyway, all right. Well, Anthony Rizzo is that one. Uh, the Pirates, sixty-two to eighty-two, Willy for twenty style. Oh. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Pops, and then uh, so first really? base, the all-time. Mm-hmm. So according to uh, Mark, uh, shoot, I'm gonna I'm, now I'm gonna mark uh, Mark Shelton. A, Shelton. Mark, mark Shelton, thank you. For the, the beat writer for, for MLB.com for the Reds, he has selected as the all-time the Reds' all-time greatest first baseman. I'm gonna tell you right now.
0: If he doesn't, if he puts somebody like Tony Perez above Joey Votto, it would. It I would. I'm. I'm. Or Sean Casey or something silly like that. I. Hey, 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 hey. I love Sean, I love Sean Casey. I love Sean Casey. One hundred percent. He's a top five all-time first baseman for the Reds, probably. But Joey Votto <laughs> is maybe the greatest player, the just Ooh. the greatest pure hitter oh. to ever play for the Reds. Ooh. I mean, you got Johnny Bench. You okay. got some great guys okay. in there. Johnny Bench, Pete Rose. Um, you know, Perez, uh, Barry Larkin, Perez, Perez. <laughs> I mean, that's just I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, I love Tony Perez, but he's not Joey Votto.
1: Well, he was a, he was more run producer, right? I mean, he, yeah. Give me yeah. Give, tell me well, that I'm it's not
0: te, you. Tell me that it's not Joey Votto, and I'm and I'm calling that he's a I'm, I'm calling
1: Mark Sheldon. He's an he's an elder guy, isn't he? Uh, maybe John Fay, as I know. So uh, top five, number five for the Reds, Lee May. Number four, okay. Frank McCormick. Okay. Number three. Ted Kluzowski. Clue. Number so that two. Means
0: no, that means they would left Sean Casey off altogether. Number two, Tony Perez. And number one, that is Joey one, Votto. That's easy. Joey Votto. Yeah. So he Sean got Casey it. got left off. I mean, Lee he May. Left yeah, I would put Lee. I mean, Lee May and Sean Casey. I'd put them kind of hand in hand. So that, I bet that was really tough for him to make that fifth
1: choice. So he had honorable mentions: Van Dreesen and Sean Casey.
0: Yeah. And Danny Dreesen, it, when cause... Danny Dreesen came up, when Danny Dreesen came to the when he when he first came up, they thought he was gonna be the greatest Red to ever play baseball, to ever play in a Reds uniform. That that's how good Danny Dreesen was uh as a youngster.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah. So Casey was a three time All Star, hit three oh five in eight seasons for the Reds, hit three thirty two in ninety nine. I love Sean Casey. Sean anyway. Casey
0: was amazing. We all love Sean Casey. <laughs> the mayor. You don't get the mayor by accident, buddy. You don't get the mayor by accident.
1: That's correct. Uh, okay, so that was it. That was it for that. That's fun. Like I said, that's fun for me. Yeah. Um, I don't know how good it is to listen to, but uh, they're they're doing a, a new position every week, so I'm good with doing this every week if you want
0: to do it. I mean, we ain't got much uh, right. else going on, so I, I'm totally right. good with it. The outfield is right. going to be tough. Because if they go by position, like left, center, right, I'm done. You might as yeah. well forget that. And If they just say outfield, I uh, maybe like top three outfielders or something, I could that be a little bit easier. But if you're making me remember exactly what I mean, Tris Speaker played. I was going to use Tris Speaker, but uh, you know what position in the outfield certain people played back in the day? I mean, that's that's ridiculous. You'll lose some of them you already
1: know the greatest center fielder specifically in Seattle Mariners history. And you know, the, I mean, you you know, you know some of them. Yep. So who's the Reds? Who Uh, would the Reds
0: be? Is it Ken Griffey Jr.? Center fielder? Yeah. Is it Ken Griffey Jr.? No, it's
1: Ryan. That's Ryan Friel, obviously. Oh, that's terrible. Um, No, it is. It's Ryan Friel. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, so Chris, that, you know, they don't have, we don't have baseball going on right now. We don't have basketball going on right now. All that stuff would be, would be going on. We'd have, we'd be in the playoffs and for basketball, we'd be, we'd be getting into the first month here of baseball and it would be exciting. We'd be having the Reds game on every night. That stuff's not happening. So these guys have no idea when they're coming back, when this thing, it might start back up in a month. It might not, it might not, they might have to cancel the whole season, but Since they don't know, everybody's got to be staying in shape. We talked about that with these guys, with Trey Young and those guys that have to keep in shape. Got to be working out every day. Yes, yes they do. The the place to go if you're a professional athlete and you're trying to stay in shape is training personally with Peggy Edwards. So no matter what your level of fitness, if you're a beginner, if you're intermediate, probably like you or I, if you're advanced like a Mike Conley or a Chris Paul trying to stay in shape, if you like to be challenged, Maybe you don't like to be challenged, but you know you need to be challenged a little bit to really get a workout in. Uh, and you want the benefit of working with a personal trainer, but you don't want to have to pay the cost for, you know, 50, 60, 100 bucks an hour for a personal trainer. Then training personally with Peggy Edwards is for you. Training personally is interval circuit training for all levels with a personal trainer, Peggy Edwards, at your pace, on your time. She, Peggy Edwards keeps workouts safe. She keeps them fresh, she keeps them fun, she changes them up so you're not doing the same old thing every single time. She helps you to modify whatever thing she's got you doing, she'll modify it for you if you have a little trouble with it, if you have an injury, or you got something going on. Um, but all the information, obviously you can't go there right now, it's a gym, it's not open right now physically, but check out Training Personally on Facebook. Facebook.com slash trainingpersonally. Very Mm -hmm. simple. Um, Peggy Edwards has workouts posted. You can find workouts posted on the the Facebook page. Um, If you need any more information, you go to trainingpersonally.com. You can can email, you can contact Peggy Edwards, owner-operator, certified certified personal trainer and nutritionist. Uh, Email her, Peggy at... P-E-G-G-Y at trainingpersonally.com. Or you can text her. You can call her. Uh, Any information you need, she can answer for you. 513-328-0296. When she opens back up, it's at 3634 Boudinot Avenue in Cincinnati, Ohio. But for the time being, email her, call her one more time. 513-328-0296, trainingpersonally.com. With Peggy Edwards.
0: I like it, man. And there's one person uh, that we found out over this past week that could use uh, some training personally with Peggy Edwards, and that is the stand-up comedian that we got to watch for this week's comedy segment, Mr. Jeff
1: Garland. That's right. Jeff Garland, his special Our Man in Chicago, uh, which just came out last year. Uh, I think late in the year. So only, you know, probably, you know, six months ago or something like that. Um, most, probably most famous for his role on curb your enthusiasm. Right. Uh, Uh, but he's been in a bunch of other things, been in a bunch of other things. Right. Um, and he's been in stand-up comedy for a really long time. Um, any, any thoughts, do you want to start off on this? You got anything you want to specifically talk about? Uh, or you just want to give you your, do, give do your it, I want
0: you, I want you to start us off, start us off. Tell me what you think.
1: I got you. Um, so, uh, a, a few things that stood out to me just, just from his jokes. One thing that, uh um, uh, no, I thought, I thought you did for just a second, but, uh, I think we're good. So he made a couple references that I was very excited about. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> one was King Kong Bundy so he told the story about early that in his awesome. career <laughs> that was one of my favorite he's doing he's doing this yeah he's doing guy. yeah he's doing a show in this club it's crazy he's, he's there's not even a stage there's a disco ball and uh, some guy in the middle of the show comes after him with a giant what he thought was a baseball bat it ended up being something else so he's chasing him around the, the the place in the middle of his in the middle of his set chasing him around with this thing trying to hit him and he's it's it's like he's some like uh coke head or something like that so he ends up finishing um where he stops and there's this giant giant bald man that he notices earlier in the in the day and he really he like notices this guy but he ends up at the bar where this guy uh says hey you all right or whatever and and, and he kind of like helps get the guy away from him and uh, so he he ends up sitting he there caught, talking to a guy he, dead in his tracks and threw him out the yeah. door. <laughs> yeah. So uh, and he says, "Hey, I'm Chris." I think his name was Chris. Um, and he said uh, he said, "Oh, okay." He, he said, "You look really familiar for some reason." He said, "Well, you might know me as King Kong Bundy. I'm a wrestler." <laughs> He's like, "Oh my god." So I thought that was a King Kong Bundy the reference. Was cool. I was not expecting didn't that. He
0: super impressed by it. He more seemed like, <laughs> yeah. "What
1: what happened today that I
0: got yeah. chased with uh a giant uh woman's toy and and uh and 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 had a couple people dry humping on stage with each other and and <sighs> somehow King Kong Bundy saves me and walks me to my car. Phenomenal yes. story. Phenomenal story. My, you so know so my, I think go ahead.
1: <laughs> Oh, sorry. I I think the funniest part to me was wasn't even a joke that he had when he started riffing on, on the uh, the two people that were sitting yes. in the front row the guy and the girl that were apparently just friends Lydia. from college or whatever, Lydia. Jamie and Lydia. Yes, Jamie and Lydia. Um, yeah, so he he, he went in on, on that and was trying to like kind of set them up or hook them up or whatever. And 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 he went into this whole big story about how it's going to happen and all these things that are going to happen and what they need to do and stuff like that. And you can, tell. I, I thought that was
0: you can tell that that's his normal comedy. You can tell when he's at it because he even said, I don't usually have a beginning, middle, and end, uh, you know, but I'm doing it because I got a special comp because this is a special. So bear with me. Maybe I won't do it. Who knows? I think when he goes on stage, I think that's what he does. I think he may have a story or two that he wants to tell, but for the most part, I think that's his, I think that's what his uh, up is. And if it is, I love stuff like that. That's amazing. Yeah. And then he if talked about the guy, it, the, the, my favorite, he, the guy with no shoes don't, or with no socks, don't wear boat yeah. shoes. You're not on a boat. What do you need boat shoes <laughs> in a comedy club for? You got, you're not on a boat. You're obviously you don't have socks on. <laughs> that's disgusting. Wear socks inside your shoes.
1: Yes. That was funny. Yeah. The, the, the people that are, that are really good at doing crowd work. That is, it's, it, it can be really good. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people that do crowd work, that's, some of the worst comedy I've ever seen. Sure. As a matter of fact, yeah. I think your your story about uh, about a uh, shoot. I just lost his name. Cat Williams. Uh, yeah, that Cat wasn't Williams, even crowd
0: yeah. work. That was just that was just terrible. That just was, bad. Was, yeah, that was just but, bad but I, all
1: around. I, I've seen some really really good crowd work and some really really bad crowd work. As a matter of fact, when I was in October, when I was out in L.A. and I went to the Comedy Store and the Hollywood Improv. There was a guy, so the first, like, four comedians were, were great. Were, and then, like, the I think it was, like, the fifth guy came on. And he did, like, mostly crowd work. And it was, like, he was really kind of pretty raunchy with it and was, like, really just kind of embarrassing people. And it just wasn't good. And it ended up bringing, I mean, they had, like, 12 comedians through the night. So there were, like, seven more people to come on after him. And the whole room went down after that guy got off stage because he just, it wasn't Dude, that good, yeah, he, he he singled me out and he singled my dad out too oh yeah during that and it, it, we were sitting like middle to back of the room and he was like that's how much crowd work he was doing he was just going through almost everybody but he and i was scared to death on. that he was going to make some really nasty joke with my dad <laughs> involving he, my dad and me what did he say about you and or you i dad? can't even, i think i think he went in he he, he went in on, on my dad really and he just said something like, you looked, I can't even remember what it was, but he was just saying like, you know, because of his white hair or something yeah, like that, yeah, he said, yeah. made some like old joke or something like that. Did your dad think that was funny? And,
0: Did he get a kick out of it? Your dad could be kind of a self-deprecating my dad,
1: guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. He he laughed or whatever. I don't think he even really thought it was very funny because yeah. it really wasn't. Yeah. But, um. But and then and then the guy said is that your dad or something like that that's when he talked to me yeah. and I said yeah and I he might have said one other thing I can't even remember but anyway that was like the most disappointing part of it was you know that he 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 was doing so much crowd work and he he probably said a couple funny things but overall it was not good but anyway he uh Jeff Garland did really good crowd work Two the only other two things that that I could really think of were the story from when he was Early in his career, shooting a movie, like shooting his first movie, and he had to like be a uh, sell donuts in a bakery, yes. and he found out that they were real donuts, yes. and he ended up eating thirty six <laughs> donuts in a day while they were shooting. Thirty six donuts, and so oh, yeah. that kind of got into a long thing about how it, about he you know has I don't know if it's an eating disorder, but apparently it, uh, it kind of is. He says he's an life.
0: addict. Yeah, he says he's an addict. He's yeah. he's a food addict. Sugar right. addict, so I guess. sugar. He hasn't it, had sugar in a, six years, two years, whatever. As a
1: sugar addict myself and a lover of donuts, I just appreciated that one hundred percent. That's that's it. And the only other thing, one of my favorite parts, another reference to a to a person um, at the very end of his thing when he that's was getting off stage. Of. Yes, he he uh, you? he shouted out John Mulaney, who I love. Big time. He said, "He said, I'm not sure I'm that good, but." If you if you're watching this, you made it to the end. Thank you for making out it. That's incredible. You made it to the end. He's like he's like, if you haven't seen John Mulaney, turn it off right now and go watch his stand-up special. He said, hey, He's got like
0: four of them. And if you've seen John Mullaney on here, just
1: watch him again. He's my favorite comedian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I loved that John Mullaney was Jeff Garland's favorite comedian. I totally so believe cool.
0: that John Mullaney is a funny guy. But he the 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 play Whatever was not my cup of tea.
1: It wasn't and it's not that's not his stand-up either. Not even close um, to his regular stand up. No. That's a no. character that he plays and I don't like it. He's we we've got to do a John Mulaney one week, uh just as just to stand up. He was he's one guy I think I think he's the la no he's not. He's the second or third last live show, live comedian that I've seen in person. Um so I did a few years ago, get to see him in person. It was awesome. Yeah. So I was, he did a whole, one of my favorite. Okay. This it's going to be it after this. I promise. But he did a, he did a whole long joke, like several jokes about, um, about my, maybe my favorite movie. Definitely one of my top five favorite movies of all time. Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory. Yes. Like, like poking holes in it and making Willy fun Wonka of Wonka the, the, the chocolate Ripper factory
0: joke. at the Schmidt house when we were kids. Was all it was a must? We the, it was always on. Dude. Willy Wonka was always on. Those little orange people who freaked me out. There, it was always on. <laughs>
1: I love that movie. It's right there with Pee Wee's Big Adventure and Teen Wolf and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I love it. But anyway, so yeah. So here here's the thing. Overall, i would give you my rating real quick, and then I want to hear your thoughts on it. Jeff Garland, our man in Chicago. Uh, Looking quickly at what I gave some of these other guys, let's see. I'm going to give Jeff Garland a – I am going to give him a – oh, man. I'm going to give him a two.
0: Below half. Wow.
1: I'm going to give him a two. It's just – you know, it's kind of weird. Wow. You know what? Yeah, a two. I gave Tiffany Haddish a
0: two. You are so – you you're the most critical person I've ever met in my life. That's insane yes. in real life two? and in this thing. Wow. Because we decided that two and a half was the middle, not three, right? Uh, Compared to what you middle, call it? Yeah. Well, I say two
1: and a half. You say three. I
0: say threes in the middle. But either way, right. dude. Oh my gosh, that's rough, buddy. I'm gonna give him two. I'm and sorry. So, so after I, all that that you were laughing and talking about, you really didn't like it. <laughs> just overall, it wasn't that funny. It, it just – I didn't he, think it, it was, was that funny. A lot of stammering, a lot of stumbling. It seemed like he was stumbling yeah. with it. But he was not smooth with I'm, it at I'm all. I'm going right in the middle, man. I, I did like it. I'm going to give him like a three uh, three point uh, 3.2. Oh, I liked That's it I thought it was York. good, man I thought it was good. I laughed pretty hard at some parts. there was never really anything where I was disappointed in. I really loved the thing with Lydia and the two guys over there uh, the that two guys mad. that they said, "You're the you're the badasses in this you guys you, you're the two baddest guys <laughs> in this whole place." and uh, that was fun. He said, one of you guys knows karate and a black guy points to the Asian." I was in my head, I was like, "Do it do it yeah. do it right now." And he uh, didn't. Good for <laughs> Jeff for holding back. He didn't do it. Oh, I, I was in my head. Black guy points at Asian guy and says he's the one that knows cha- that knows karate. Yep. I'm like, this is so easy. They just put it on a, yep. on, a of, on a platter for you. And he didn't do it. Yep. Uh, good for him, I guess, because it is what it is. Um. So yeah, three point two. But that brings me to: Did you see one of my favorite comedians? And I think you like him. Um. He, he, I take it back. He's not one of my favorite comedians. He is one of my favorite comedians. But sometimes he gets <laughs> on my nerves when he does his girl impression thing all the time. Yes, this is who
1: I was gonna suggest as well.
0: Uh, Chris D'elia just had one come out, and I really like Chris D'elia a lot. Yeah. I like Chris D'elia a lot, and the trailer was on, and he was kind of talking about. He said, uh, "I'll pee in my pants before I pull my pull my dinghy out, just so <laughs> I don't just so I don't get in trouble because everybody gets in trouble now." for doing everything. So I kind of, that's what I was thinking about when I was thinking about him making fun of the Asian guy for being knowing karate. Um, there's taking that stereotype to another level anyway. Um, yeah, so I'm totally down with uh, a little Chris D'Elia for this week's segment.
1: If you are, I, I am definitely down for this and here's, here's a special reason why. So, so to answer your question, I loved Chris Belia when I first saw him the first several times I saw him for probably the first couple years I knew about him. Yeah. I was like, man, this guy's really funny. And then I started following him on, on all the social media. See, and I got talked
0: about this. You can't do I that. Know. Don't do that. Get off that man. No, but don't do that. It,
1: it, it got, it, it was, he he's gotten, he's changed. He's kind of transformed and he's changed into this thing and the way he does his social media, maybe it's really him, but I, feel like he's putting on a fake thing all the time. Like, and I don't know. I just, I just, a lot of the, the way he talks and the way, just the way he uses like, I don't know, like lazy speech or something to try to make it funnier. It's gotten not that funny anymore to me, you know what I mean? So anyway, I'm not as big on him as I used to be, but I still think he's funny. And two consecutive nights, like I mentioned in October, I was in LA I went to the comedy store and I went to the Hollywood Hollywood Improv and I saw Chris Lee live both times. He did sets really? both times, and he at that time was working out his material for this special. Awesome! So I am going to. I got to see him f- six months ago work on this material that he is talking about in this special, which is really cool for me. That's I got. I got to see the process. That's cool. You know what I mean? This will be fun. I'm so, at, now I'm
0: interested to know where the joke started and how it ended or how, you know, yeah. in, in that kind of, as that is, that's cool. I'm, I'm excited yeah. about this one. Chris is uh, my sis, like my sister and my brother-in-law's favorite. They love him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, so yeah. And his, his special that just came out yesterday as we're, as we're talking, uh, it's called no pain, no pain. So if you're, if you're listening and you want to, you want to watch it, Chris and I are going to be watching it this week and we're going to talk about it next week. Uh, so Watch it, Crystalia, no pain. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Have you watched and, the uh,
0: newest episode of Tiger King? Didn't they have a, a another episode come out? I heard they were bringing another episode out.
1: I thought they were supposed to, but I don't think they did. Oh, they
0: didn't do it. Oh, I thought maybe it. it I I thought so. maybe it came out.
1: They did a. Uh, they did a little thing on uh, was it Fox or one of the on Sunday? They did one. They did like a behind the scenes thing or like an extra little thing. TMZ did a investigation something on it or whatever but did not see it i'm waiting for it though i'm waiting for another another season a six episode season or seven episode season or something i I wish they would what else is there there's nothing left man i'll tell you what all the interviews i've seen with all the people that were in that thing yeah every single one of them said there was so much that they did not show. It was way worse than that. Some of them said, well, how? I, I mean, feel like they have could you so much footage. In. Huh? How could you put all of it in? Well, plus didn't some of it get burned up? Uh, I mean, his like personal stash of, well, it was the documentary that, um, Oh, that the other that, guy was putting oh, on. Yeah. On. It, yeah. The other yeah, guy that was the, doing it. That it wasn't. The, what yeah, that, yeah. The yeah. filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. It was all his stuff. Um, but yeah, I guess you know whoever was shooting. It seems like they had four different people shooting stuff all the time. Like yeah. they were they recorded everything. Anyway, it sounds like there's there's way more that we could see. It sounds like it was even worse in some cases. Um, and uh, I don't know. There's there's more to it. I feel like, and it would be entertaining. But uh,
0: not at all. I can't stand that. That's, that's the most annoying thing <laughs> in my life, Tiger King. Pff, waste of seven <laughs> hours of my life absolute waste it's just it is a little bit funny. i gotta send it is you, funny it's a gotta, train wreck man you just can't turn away it
1: is i gotta send you this thing that you you know you probably didn't see because i think i saw it on uh facebook so i'm gonna send it to you and it's really funny it uses characters from tiger king and and labels each picture aaron with my wife
0: me. yeah for the west side <laughs>
1: For the West Side, I, thought, I thought that was you, so good.
0: It was perfect. It was perfect. Work. Del- I'm for. in Delhi where Carol Baston Baskin, Bastion, Baston whatever her name Baskin. is. Uh You're uh, Cheviot, so you yeah. were the Tiger King, which is so great. <laughs> <was> joking, <laughs> Price Hill was his. Yeah. Was one of his husbands with no teeth. <laughs> they did. They did a good job with it. They really did a good yeah. job.
1: <clears throat> That was impressive. Yep. That's somebody that, that could be somebody we know because you have to be from the West side to be able to put that together. Yeah. Because right?
0: a lot of those were West side parts. Yeah. It was, well, it was, it was all West, west side. side. Yeah. yeah, It was, it was, it yeah. was, yeah. Rain and, uh, Monfort Heights <laughs> and <laughs>
1: Bridgetown. Fun. Yeah. Westwood. So, <laughs> Chris, um, we, we, this is something we didn't talk about before or during this podcast, but, this was episode one
0: hundred. One hundred. I was thinking the same thing. I was looking around my house for a small bottle of champagne we could pop off. Uh, <laughs> take us back, man. Take us back. What's your favorite? What's what's your favorite episode?
1: Man, I I don't know. There, I mean, there are too many to. Uh, of course, every episode we've had somebody. Had somebody to interview has been incredible. Those have been our best ones. I By think. far, I think um,
0: I, I believe that last yeah. week's I thought I, I thought was a great. I thought was really good with uh, um, Steve Ellis, the the head coach with the yes. of the UC yes. Claremont um,
1: Cougars. Cougars. Yep. Yeah. Uh, every interview we've had um, has been awesome. People have been very generous with their time about that because we we you know we started out asking people like. Hey, can we get you on for a few minutes to just ask you a few questions, and then we keep these poor guys for forty-five minutes, Some, hour long. Yeah, so. <laughs> sometimes we've,
0: we've kept we've kept uh, we've kept Bobby Nightingale for over a half hour. We've kept Adam Baum on for like forty-five minutes one time. I mean, yeah. These guys they're very generous with their time, especially because we do this at ten thirty at night uh, when we record. So. Uh, but, uh so so let's do a quick shout out to everybody that we've uh that uh, see if i miss anybody uh in studio we've had bobby edwards um we've had the yes. burger burger brothers or the Kraft burger brothers um andre edwards who was the very first guest that we ever had on the show uh big thanks to andre edwards um uh, two guys that have done so much for us on this podcast have been Uh, Reds beat writer Bobby Nightingale and Xavier's uh, Xavier men's basketball. uh, I guess just Xavier beat writer, um, Adam Baum. Those guys have been phenomenal. They've given us multiple episodes each. Uh, We've had Tyler Roop. Tyler Roop has been on with uh, the Cheap Seats podcast. Yes. Um, And I assume that that'll be getting back going once school starts. If school ever gets
1: back going, is he doing this again? Is he going to get back into Uh it? he's uh he's graduating oh he he's graduated. a senior oh man he's he's graduating in like a month or something like that so, so uh, we just missed out know. on a whole you season know, I, I, i've been i've been i've been on him i've been on him about getting something going again but we'll see once he uh once he graduates and enters the workforce we'll have to see what his time is like and all that kind of stuff uh but i I, you know, he, he, he was – I loved listening to those uh, – to his podcast when they were doing – it was a radio. It was an internet radio show. It was an internet UCLA radio show. Radio. UCLA radio. Uh-huh.
0: But uh, he, turned it, he, he turned it into a podcast for – so, yeah, Tyler Roop, big thanks to him. Um, yep. I'm trying to think. Steve Ellis, uh, we just had him last week. Uh, let's see. I feel like there's – oh, Joe Leonard has come on the show. He's one of the biggest yes. fans of the podcast, listens every week on the Facebook Live uh, he's also, I mean, he's he's probably the most dedicated fan we have. Uh, yeah. He listens from the time we come on at ten thirty at night, and he's the last one watching when we are on at like one o'clock in the morning. Sometimes <laughs> still doing our podcast. So Joe Leonard, big thanks, big thanks to all our fans out there. We've got a ton of people that listen every week.
1: Um, new people uh, all the time. There was a week I think you were on vacation that Joe Schmidt, my Joe brother, Schmidt came twice, in and twice, he did he's been it on from twice. Here he did it twice um yeah so so he came in and and substituted joe schmidt uh, one of the
0: original members of the podcast uh the very first episode adam and i ever did was about two years before we actually started this nosebleeds we didn't really have uh, a name for what we did it was just chris and adam podcast or something like that and uh and and joe schmidt did some fake calling, which was really funny. Uh, it was some fake callers, but it was uh, it was based around the NCAA March Madness tournament, uh, which now would be over. So that's a little weird that we had absolutely no March Madness tournament with this whole thing. But yes, Joey Joey was one of the very first people we ever had on. Uh, I'm trying to think. Was there anybody else that I miss? Anybody? I, I would feel terrible. Did I miss anybody that is called in? Or been on the show in the first hundred episodes,
1: man. I don't. I I feel like you covered them all. One hundred. I feel like you did
0: one. So I'm
1: gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you the blessing that says you covered them all. That way, if we did miss somebody, I'm in on that too. You didn't. I'm miss good it with by that. Yourself. That sounds good.
0: I like that. I like that. That sounds good. Um, <laughs> all right, man. One hundred episodes in. I, I I could go. We could go. I could go for another twenty five minutes talking about. Uh, how much I've enjoyed this and I appreciate you and your time because you literally, well, until now (laughs) that we have to do this social distancing uh, because of the coronavirus uh, epidemic, pandemic, whatever you want to call it. uh, Take your time every week to come to my house at 10 o'clock at night on a, on a Wednesday night and uh, sit down in my basement for a couple hours and, and have some fun with this. So this it's 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 what you do and the time you put in is is uh, is big, especially with everything you have got going on with work and coaching basketball. And that's somebody you know. Who we need to have on here. We need to have uh, the head coach of the women's basketball uh, Oak Hills women's basketball team on here one day.
1: Chris Kramke, yeah, the uh, guys we, uh, the guys could...
0: a basketball mind from what I understand.
1: Oh my gosh, you you, you couldn't imagine, and he just had a birthday uh, yesterday or the day before too. Uh, so happy birthday if you're if you're checking it out. Uh he does he does watch sometimes when it's on Facebook Live, I know for sure. Yep. And he might even download the podcast sometimes too. Uh but Chris kramke a uh, good friend of mine and, and uh my coaching mentor, and that's why I said on Twitter to wish him a happy birthday, but it's a real thing, man. He's he amazes me every day. I, I get down on myself because I compare myself to the <laughs> to how accomplished he is and how much he does every single day. That guy just like is so organized and, and does so much. I can't, I don't know how he fits it all in and is a great father and a great husband and all that. I mean, he just makes it work, man. Um, so yeah, we, we should get him on sometime. So I had a birthday to him. We forgot Go somebody. For Who do we forget?
0: Jim Schmidt. Your dad was on yeah! episode. I want to say twenty five, thirty, somewhere in there. Um, one of my favorite episodes we've ever had because our our in, first in studio audience uh, our first in studio um, guest guest drove to my house at one o'clock in the morning to say hello to your dad because he heard us yeah. on Facebook Live that night. Bobby drove to um, drove to my house to say hi to your dad when we got done with the podcast. One o'clock in the morning in my front yard. That was super fun when your dad came on last year. Um, that, that was that was a really good show. So. Uncle Jim, we apologize for missing you.
1: Well, we didn't. We're still
0: on. We're still on, and we got you. We got you. We got it in. I was, I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm cranking Good my call. head for for people that we lost. Like I said, Joe Leonard did the, the soccer show with me. He filled in for you once. Yes. Um, that was fun. But probably my favorite episode ever, I've got to yeah. say, is Swipe Left, Swipe Right. I think it's like the eighth episode we ever did. It's probably not the best all-around podcast uh, that we did, but it's by far, by far my favorite segment that was ever started on this. And it started with you and uh, dating websites, Swipe Left, Swipe Right. It blew up from there. It blew up, absolutely blew up for probably almost a year. We were doing Swipe Left, Swipe Right for a year. I'd love to, someday we'll have to bring it back. We've had a lot of different things on here Um segments that we've done but that was probably my favorite and it started with i, I want to say it was episode eight it was early in the season early in the
1: podcast career i think you're right i've got one swipe left or swipe right on the kroger click list ordering online and picking it up where you don't have to get out of your car
0: okay i am a swipe left on that and uh for two reasons number one i don't like anybody else I, I, as a man, I don't want somebody to put stuff in my car for me. Like I don't need you to do that. I'm a grown man. So my wife loves the click list and sometimes she's busy at the house or at work and I have to go pick it up. It it's, it's, it's extremely embarrassing for me. Uh, also (laughs) shout out to Parker Witt. Who's made a couple different, uh, a couple different, uh, uh, times. Anyway, appearances. So, i'm incredibly embarrassed to drive up i call i have to give them her name because she ordered it and then they come out and they they, it's me i get out of the car immediately i go back to the back and i'm grabbing bags i'm trying to grab more bags than they do (laughs) because if you're gonna fill my car up i feel like now i gotta tip you but
1: i don't want to tip you i don't know what to do do you tip the kroger click list guy I, you, I think you can, but you don't have to. And I think it's different right now. I think they kind of have to understand
0: right now. Now I will say this last week I went to pick it up and it's the first time I was like, man, I ain't even going to, I ain't even getting out. I'm just going to let this dude do it. I I stayed in the car for that one. It's the one time that, and I, I have never, I couldn't wait to get out of the parking lot. I could not (laughs) wait to get out of the parking lot.
1: But you swallowed your pride and that was the right decision to make because you don't stand up. Here's the thing, Chris. I, the reason why I asked you that is because today was the first time I ever tried that. The first time I ever went to the grocery store and didn't go inside and walk through the aisles and pick stuff going, out myself. I love
0: walking through the aisles.
1: So do I. First time I ever did this because I'm doing everything. I'm trying to order everything from Amazon. I'm getting food delivered. I'm, not, I'm trying not to go anywhere and be around anybody at all ever right, right now. So I'm, I'm doing all this All this new stuff. I I got a brand new phone.